Hi everyone, it's Millie here from the Livestock Collective, back with another episode on the Livestock Leaders podcast. Today, I'm fortunate enough to be chatting to Ali Quintana, who I have met a couple of times in my travels of the top end. How are you, Ali? Good, Millie. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for jumping on board all the way from Singapore, where you're recording from right now. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) Ali, we start each episode with the same question, and that is, what are three words that you would use to describe yourself with? Oh, I hate, I hate doing this, but (laughs) it's hard. (laughs) Probably um, adaptable, um, genuine, and I'm very spontaneous. Well, Ali, I'm thinking that your childhood has shaped how you describe yourself today and who you are today. Can you delve into a bit of your background? Because you moved around a lot across the top end, didn't you? Yeah, so I I reckon that um, I definitely didn't have an average childhood. I think um, we spent most of the time just travelling from station to station. Um, We had a large cattle company growing up and were very involved in the live export industry in the north and then um, had places also in Queensland. But, um, yeah, we never were in one place for very long. It was just property to property and, um, yeah, (laughs) very different. (laughs) Hence the adaptability, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. School wasn't the biggest emphasis growing up. (laughs) It was more just work and travelling, which is great now. You know, I thought it was weird when I was growing up. I was like, this isn't what normal kids do. (laughs) But now I wouldn't have changed it at all. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a dream. Do you have siblings? Um, Yep, so I've got a younger full sister and then I've got um, an older brother and he's in America and I have an older sister as well and she's down in Tamworth yeah wow you're spread all over the place now is that because yeah. your dad is actually American wasn't he yeah yep he was American and he um, was previously married as well when he was over in the states and that's where my two um, older siblings come from and then he um, moved over to Australia ages ago and then met my mom and yeah then started a life here I guess um yeah yeah wow Ali while we're on that topic um you tragically lost your dad John I think eight or nine years ago now and he as he just said he moved to Australia and he built such a reputation um and delved into new markets in the live export industry and everything like that you're in Singapore right now working in the live export industry What, what does that mean to you um, I guess my dad set such a big standard, I think, growing up and was probably my biggest role model. So I think I always, um, and and really, um, like this industry is where I want to be. Like, you know, I kept coming back to it and I think being able to get involved with it again um, and be, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting, I think, you know, being a part of it all again and hoping, hopefully I'll be able to do things Um, just as good as him in a way yeah they're big shoes to fill (laughs) but yeah being part of it does excite me because um, yeah it's what he started and I guess I'm sort of somehow continuing it on yeah, absolutely. And you definitely hear that um, through my time in Northern Territory, the reputation that he still has and the reputation that you're building yourself. So I um, do commend you for that. Um, Ali, did this, was this always a clear path? Like when you finished school, was it something that you went into straight away or did you find your way back? 
Um, I think that I've definitely found my way back because, I mean, when dad was around, this was always my clear path and he pretty much set my this is what you're going to do when you finish school. You know, you're probably going to go do a study, but you're going to take over the business and do all this and be involved with it. And dad was so big on like the family being involved with the business. But um, I guess when dad um, passed away, it was all very sudden and um, life changed dramatically. And I was probably a little bit lost. I definitely went through a few years of being lost and I, you know, I was young and I fell in love and that was probably really silly as well. And thought oh you know I'll stay with this boy and I'll do a bit of study so I actually finished school and nursing and thought I would be a nurse that that stuff really interests me and then um, not long after that I quit (laughs) wasn't for me and then um, I went and went down to Rockhampton and worked for William Tapp and uh, loping horses for him for 12 months and then it was um, yeah the end of 2017 and William's asked if I wanted to come up to the territory and was doing um a stint on a place in the floodplains and so I yeah I was like you know what this is great I I'd love to go back to the territory and I just did it just did it and then a lot of opportunities kind of came my way just sort of by stepping um back up in the north and I didn't want to leave like I just you know it just takes me home I guess the territory is the home for me and this industry is no matter what I do, I keep coming back to it. And I, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And I think having that bravery to try something like nursing and then having the courage to say, actually, no, that's not for me and taking the leap back into the territory is a credit to you. Um, and we, <laughs> we originally met Ali in Alice Springs in March last year and you were part of um, the NTCA Future Leaders Program What do opportunities like that mean to you, Um, especially in the north where, you know, geographically it is really hard to meet up sometimes? Um, I think it's a really good opportunity and experience. And, yeah, I think it just gives you a chance to network and meet people and, I guess, talk about all the the same things that people are facing and dealing with. And, like, actually being a part of that, especially being so young, it gives you an opportunity to include you in a lot of that think it's a pretty good opportunity because um you know just being on the station and just doing it every day you don't really know um sometimes so having the opportunity to be actually involved in the middle of it and hearing a lot is is really is really cool is this something that you think can be developed more like I'm assuming when your dad was you know getting new markets into the live export industry and everything like that it wasn't um as streamlined for young people to get this sort of training did you would you agree with that oh definitely you know I think the industry is getting a lot younger as well um you know I think our head stockmen's now are a lot younger than even when I was little they're a lot older and um yeah I, I think it just depends where you work. Like I've been really fortunate enough to be working for CPC and, you know, they're really um, like really pushed to grow people. And um, so I think that's that's been really good. But, yeah, younger people are definitely um, having this now, I think. Yeah. Uh, for our audience who don't know, CPC is Consolidated Pastoral Company. Is that right, Ali? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you were stud overseer. Is that right? Yeah, start overseer at Newcastle Waters. Yep. Yeah, and you are you still in that role, or you've? Um, I am actually leaving <laughs> at the end of February. Yep. Oh wow! Um, what are you doing? 
<laughs> it's going to be one of those watch this space kind of things. I think there's a few things in the um, pipeline and um, I think by the end of the month we'll know. <laughs> oh, incredible. I cannot wait to see what you do. Ali, what lessons will you take with you like from your, your childhood, from your father, um, from down in Queensland or Rockhampton where you were for those 12 months? Like, What is really going to shape what you do going forward? Um, well, that's, a, that's a tough one because I think like so much shapes going forward that you don't even realise is. Um, but probably, yeah, being adaptable is, is probably the biggest thing, I think. Um, not stressing so much because I, but I'm also one that does stress, but I've really had to learn how to um, not stress, kind of go with the flow and um, really try new things. Like just, I think, you know, the moment you step out of your comfort zone, even though it's really hard, <laughs> you actually do get so much more benefit and so much more return. So I guess um, really stepping out of my comfort zone and I think that's what this year is going to be really trying a few new things and yeah seeing where it takes me oh I can't say wait to see where it takes you Ali I want to know just while you're talking about stepping out of your comfort zone now we were in Darwin in November and maybe it was the the Darwin booze that had got to us but you stepped up on stage and started singing with the band absolutely belting out <laughs> I can't even remember what song it was now is that what you like do you do do you just jump in and and just think I'm just going to give this a crack or do you actually sing like what where did that come from? Um, I sang when I was at school a little bit, um, but I've got the worst stage fright, so I don't do it. <laughs> but being on the ship here has been an experience because obviously the, uh, it's a full Filipino crew and they love karaoke. And we've actually got one bloke, he was actually in a band previously and they're amazing and they can all sing. So we've, so for Christmas and New Year's, I spent it on the ship and we pretty much just sang all night long and um yeah it's been it's been good stepping out of my comfort zone because they love it so we've been singing a lot on ship <laughs> oh that's so special I, can you tell me more about um like that culture and that relationship that you yourself and Australia has with these countries um, I think, um, you know, it's a pretty cool opportunity, like jumping on boats and stuff. And you, I know that you get a lot more um, um, versatile crews from different um, countries. So this is my first ship that I'm doing and it's a full Filipino crew um, and they're great. Filipinos are great. They're a lot of fun. They're hard work. You know, it's a, it's a different culture. And I think I'm, I'm, that's probably where I am pretty lucky as is I grew up around a lot of Filipinos from the moment I was I was born you know we had a lot um around us so it was pretty easy stepping on and jumping into their culture like even like food nothing was a challenge because I kind of knew what what to expect but they're a lot of fun they're a lot of fun and they're caring people and um yeah I've enjoyed it and I think anyone else who who has the opportunity should just jump in because it is a lot of fun yeah yeah you've got a massive smile on your face right now I can see that yeah what you're <laughs> saying is is true um Ali tell me about growing up with them like why were they surrounding you um so we brought a bunch of families over from the Philippines and they um worked um the company that my dad and mum started and um yeah just they were really good workers clean and my dad really um liked having them around and um, and 
like we, we had some families live with us for a long time. One lived with us for like 16 years and like their kids are like my brothers and sisters, you know. So and we still I'm very close in contact with all of them still. And it's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Ellie, that is really cool and what an opportunity growing up um, and having exposure to all these different cultures and it's clearly shaped you into who you are today, uh, which is really evidence on every moment that I've spent with you. I want to touch on now about the livestock that were on the ship. Can you tell me more about them? So I was really fortunate enough to actually do um, a ship full of CPC cattle and oh it was 800 um, buffalo on as well. And I think it was quite a breeze, really, for my first trip. We're pretty lucky because, um, you know, they, the cattle ate really well and we didn't have any problems. Um, and it, we had a really dispatch. It, was, it went, all went so smoothly. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a bit too good to be true, you know. But it was, it was a really good trip. Um, the 800 buffalo, that was my first encounter, like proper encounter with buffalo. And that, that, is, a, that is another experience. That first hour they're on is pretty hectic. You don't really, there's not much room for you to walk in between the pens. There's not much space. They, um, they're, they're after you, the whole mob. <laughs> um, and so, but after the first few hours, like, like that that first 24 hours, and they settle pretty good and they actually are pretty cool. You can pretty much pat them and stuff. Uh, once they learn that you're giving them feed and water all day, yeah. they get friendly with you, but still don't trust them. <laughs> they're pretty hectic. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, so they this would be one of the first times that they've encountered people. So no wonder they're um yeah, distressed and not knowing what's going on, but so great to hear that they settle into the ship really well. Oh um, yeah, they're, they're just easy. They just yeah, they're they're easy, yeah. What does a day in the life of what you do on the ship look like? Like how do you, how do you wake up? What do you do once you wake up? Um, well, you wake up and then you go down and usually before feeding time so you can get the animals up and see what they're doing and just assess the whole situation and um, before they eat and then you kind of look for anything that's abnormal or whatnot and then you um, go up and you talk to the boys or whoever's feeding and discuss kind of, yeah, feeding feeding routine and what's going to be fed out for the day and what needs more um attention to detail on or you know you just set out a bit of a plan for the day and the boys do like the morning feed and then um sort of depends on what the stocky decides on how many feeds they're getting and whatnot um yeah and then you do like a a report and that gets sent back to the exporter um and you do that every day and then you go around and if there's anything needs doctoring you go and around and do that and you're pretty much just checking and feeding cattle all day and making sure that they got feed in front of them and water and yeah. So life just surrounds the cattle. Yep. And it's pretty much like <laughs> just just being, except being on water. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ali, and what happens to those cattle now? They've reached their destination country. What's happening to them? Um, so CPC owns um, two feedlots in Indonesia. So they were dispatched um, straight to those feedlots and they'll get fed there until they're brought out. Yeah. And then put on the market, yeah. And what does it mean to those families in Indonesia to explain more about what it means to those communities? Um, I think it um, it provides massive security, you know, for the country, which is, and you can see how thankful they are, you know, when, when you're dealing with them. Like they're just, they are, they're very thankful and it's, you know, it 
provide security for their family and all of this and um, yeah, healthier choice, I guess. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting really, like to know that we can make such an impact on a country. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it to be involved in that is a credit to everyone all along the supply chain, Ali. Yeah. Ali, I want to talk about, because you obviously, you know, currently you're stuck overseas, you're on ships, you're <laughs> uh, working with people that don't, you don't speak their language fluently. Is it important to you to keep a network, like stay connected? How do you go about that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. I think in my, in, in a way you just have to, I think the biggest thing is being adaptable again. That's probably my biggest, my biggest thing is like being able to just sit back and go, right. And like I'm stepping into these people's and whatnot, um, be respectful of that and mindful and then being able to mix, you know, your, how you are and how they are and be able to create a strong, connection I guess you know um yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that answers that yeah no it does and I think that it's clear that you do that like you spoke about Christmas and New Year's which I can't think of many other Australians who would have spent it doing what what you did and you spoke about with such spirit <laughs> and passion so you're obviously very proud of what you do yeah no I I'm very happy with what I do hey I don't think I would change it at all Oh, excellent. Um, Ali, I just want to touch on the Livestock Leaders workshop that you did with me initially in March and then we met up again in November last year. Um, yeah. Talk to me about that time. I think it's another really great opportunity for people to be involved in. It just really changes the way you probably think um, a lot. It definitely opens I think we can tend to be very close-minded sometimes in the agriculture industry and stubborn and as we all are and it just just kind of just changes the way you look at things if that makes sense um, and plus it's a great networking um, it's 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 great for many things I think we had a lot of fun didn't we <laughs> we might have had too much fun Elliot I think I've ever drank so much red wine in my life which I didn't go to Alice Springs expecting to drink a lot of to be honest <laughs> I don't think anyone does <laughs> uh, so much fun and you guys were a really great group um especially like you know all of those others that were working at cpc as yeah. well it was um evident that you guys were all very passionate about what you do and just wanting to dive in and give it a crack like i know we had public speaking um on the agenda <laughs> and we had people uh, like walking up into the stage and going bugger this I do not want to be here to the end of it absolutely strutting up yourself one of them and owning the stage <laughs> I remember that very specifically so it is a credit to everyone um I do really enjoy going to Northern Territory to hang out with the likes of yourselves <laughs> well that's good <laughs> yeah it is good maybe be back there hopefully in um March yeah. I think that's exciting. That'll be great. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, Ali, I want to finish on a question, and that is if you could get one key message out there for everyone to hear and understand, including animal activists, what would it be? Um, I reckon um, before passing judgment or um, speaking, like have a look at the whole picture and do your research properly. Um, I think we all easily fall habit into jumping like 
into jumping to conclusions and giving our opinion. It's been a massive learning curve for me too. Like, I mean, if anyone knows knows me, I talk a lot and um, I've definitely toned it down over time but and learnt to just maybe go do my research and uh, before I speak. Um, and and um, also adding to that, I think a message would be to like, adding to that message would be leading by example. Our ag industry does a great job. Um, at doing that, um, it is a very like time-consuming, demanding job, and people work like twenty-four-seven and dedicate their lives to taking care of the land and animals, and to provide food security and put clothes on people's backs worldwide. And it um, really is the heart of the world, but I think it's the least spoken for in recognised industry. So I think, yeah, have a look at what's really going on. You know, in, in all industries. Ali, that's a great message. And yeah, I hope that, well, we get some listeners on this podcast at least and we can start getting that out there um, <laughs> working. And so great to have you part of the Livestock Collective um, Livestock Leaders Program. All right, thanks, Millie. <laughs> thanks for everything. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ali, for coming to join us on this podcast. It has been fantastic to delve into your story and it is an absolute credit to you. Um, you I think you're wise beyond your years and I can't wait to spend more time with you in the coming years, um, particularly in the live export industry. I think we all can't wait to see what you do next. As always, a huge thank you to our audience for listening, subscribing, going back to our previous episodes and leaving those reviews. It means the world to me. And I also want to use this opportunity to thank the partners, uh, sponsors, donations for the Livestock Collective. It really does go a long way, even just our merchandise and wearing that loud and proud and popping a photo on Facebook or a like and share on Facebook means the world to us so we can keep on doing what we're doing. So thank you, everyone. And until next time. Mm -hmm.